Hey there, film clubbers. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Fangirl Film Club. And for exclusive content, early access to episodes, and all kinds of other goodies, you can support us on Patreon. Recorded live in front of a feline audience. Coming to you from coast to coast, it's the Fangirl Film Club. The Fangirl Film Club is a podcast created by adults and featuring adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fangirl Film Club, the movie podcast where we go deep down the resume of all your fangirl faves. And let me tell you, we have seen some shit. Oh boy, have we ever. Hi everybody, I'm one of your co-hosts, Emily, and I am joined coast to coast like butter on toast with my lovely co-host. It's Mia, as always. As always. As the ever. ray of sunshine. The ray of sunshine from the left coast. <sighs> and this I was did, your pick I do, this week. I did. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that is, in fact, shame. Shame in my voice. Shame in my soul. Um, we are reviewing, recapping, <laughs> discussing. Uh, we're going over the 1997 Batman and Robin, the Joel Schumacher edition. Uh, <laughs> colloquially known as the worst Batman ever. Yes. Ever made. Um, it was worse a, than Adam West. Worse than Adam West. Significantly worse than Adam West, West. You know, can't be faulted. You can't really criticize. Yeah. Yeah. You can't because they were like, yeah. "Do we just make it a comic book Pajamas? that's moving? Yeah, <laughs> do Pajama we just wear Batman? jammies?" Um, but yeah, this was so. This was directed by Joel Schumacher, who is really more of an action film kind of guy. Odd choice, I think, it was an odd choice, and shocking to me. This was written by Akiva Goldsman, who does that name ring a bell to you? I read up on this because Akiva Goldsman has done some like very quality things, correct? Yes, some of my favorite films has have been written by Akiva Goldsman, and then this happened. So there was an amount of phoning it in. It feels like probably I, maybe. I mean, and and they are really good at, especially at book adaptations. So, mm, like, mm-hmm. the one that's coming to mind right now is Practical Magic. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. One that we love. You and I both. Yeah. We love that movie. Um, but, yeah, Kiva Goldsman wrote that. A lot of others. Like, I went on the I, I went on IMDb. I almost said the IMDb, like my grandma. I went the on IMDb. and I was database. <laughs> I was on the IMDb, and I was <laughs> shocked at how many wonderful, amazing Occasionally award-winning films Akiva Goldman has written. And this doesn't, this is one of those things that is not like the other. We don't know what happened with Batman and Robin <laughs> 1997, but um, let's, let's dive in. Let's hear the pitch, Mia. All right. Um, after Tim Burton had abandoned the series, after Michael Keaton uh, also abandoned the series, after Batman Forever, which was not as bad as this movie, not Mm-mm. nearly as bad as this movie. I that'll be one of my Real recommendations. Quick. Was that Val day. Kilmer? That was Val Kilmer. He did okay. a decent Batman. He did a solid Batman. Yes. Jim okay. Carrey and Tommy Lee yes. Jones. Where Tommy mm-hmm. Lee Jones is like, I hate, I hate everything about this. That's what Tommy hate. Lee Jones brings to. <laughs> that's what Tommy Lee Jones brings to a film. 
Just that, you know, he does. the irritation at having been cast. <laughs> I believe he called Jim Carrey a buffoon to his face, which... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, t- I told but... you about the... I was going to say, before we get... I did tell you yeah. about the Men in Black thing, right? About Rip Torn? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and how they hate each other? <laughs> tell that old fuck to say, get him a big tex- goddamn gun. Tex- <laughs> <laughs> bar, bar. <laughs> far, Sorry, far. I love Rip Torn. Far, far. <laughs> <laughs> Two West Texans who hate each other. <laughs> All right, but this one is not Batman Forever. This is Batman and Robin. This so is please, not Batman Forever. <laughs> not Emily. This you. is Gotham's hottest new club, Batman and Robin, and it has everything. <laughs> Bat nipples. You know it was coming. Gratuitous shots of Michael Goff looking ill. A PhD doctor who prefers being called Mr. And girl power of the 90s at its most outrageous. Oh. Funded. We have, I, I can't wait to tell you how much money we gave you for that pitch. I can't wait to tell you. Because it's so much. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, it's so much. Um, and you could tell. You could tell by watching. Even that first that yeah. first montage. There is so much neon on the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. The set design. This the everything looks like a rave. <laughs> yes. Like, all of the neon ice paint. from the ice all of yep. the ice from the Iceman is like neon blue. Like nothing looks mm-hmm. like ice. It all just looks like gross plastic that costs way too much we're selling some motherfucking toys (laughs) that is what they did that is what they did they set out to Mm -hmm. sell a lot of fucking toys and some (laughs) commemorative cups at Taco Bell and that is they succeeded (laughs) they succeeded but would you like to hear what I think happened in this nonsense what Akiva Goldsman said was like "All right, here's (laughs) Here's here's the plan. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. All right, let's recap. So you can you can time. I feel like we've abandoned the sixty seconds for so long. It's like you can time me if you want, we but have. I'm just gonna go. Yeah, we'll okay. find out how long right. this takes. <laughs> we'll find out how long this takes. It took two hours to watch, which I feel was it about fake Oscar <laughs> longest ever two hour and five minute movie. <laughs> It was some of the longest two hours of my life. I'm not going to lie. All right. So to recap, a passionate environmentalist and an underfunded scientist team up and go on a rampage around Gotham to catch Batman's attention and bring bring public public awareness to the dangers of deforestation and secure more funding for rare disease research. Meanwhile, George Clooney's Batman is dealing with a host of other problems, such as Alfred being terminally ill, a supermodel who wants to marry him, a 35-year-old man-child Robin demanding his own Robin signal, and Alfred's niece, Barbara, sometimes feminist motorcycle thief, crashing in his house. Poison Ivy turns Batman and Robin against each other with her plant pheromones and distracts them long enough for Mr. Freeze to deliver 27 ice puns while encasing all of Gotham in ice and stealing diamonds to power his super suit. The boys are joined by Barbara, calling herself Batgirl, and break out of the spell long enough to utilize Wayne Enterprise's telescopes and satellites and bounce daylight from the Congo into Gotham and unfreeze everybody, saving the day. So then Poison Ivy and Freeze both go to Arkham, but Batman allows Freeze to continue his research after some of it saves Alfred's life and restores him to health. 
Bane was also introduced as a mostly mute, roided out Mexican wrestler lizard man who serves as Ivy's muscle and only repeated the last word of every sentence said to him. I assume he also goes to Arkham while Batman agrees to let Robin and Batgirl help him fight crime and Alfred is saved. The end. You only went over by 10 seconds. Also, only 27. <laughs> yes. Only 27 there's, ice puns. Fuck. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a count in the trivia. 27 ice puns. <laughs> it felt like more. It, it doesn't like... feel. Yeah. Feels like a thousand. <laughs> it feels like we're underselling it, but it is 27. Um, Eva, what were you doing? Why were you so mad? <laughs> so. You know, my best, That's... one of my best worst lines from the previous Brava, Emily, by the way, well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you got it. Also, Bane. I hit all the high points. <laughs> also, Bane. I couldn't figure out where else to put him in. I was like, he doesn't go yeah, along no, with my right. environmentalist Gun. and underfunded race. <laughs> my favorite. Okay. At, at one point, I got up to go get some popcorn, and I was worried when I came to back throw at that the I wouldn't. Screen, I presume I wouldn't know what was going on, but thankfully, it was a scene with Bane. Where every time he set down a bomb, he went bomb, <laughs> bomb. You know what this reminds me of is the Suicide Squad when uh, King Shark is just like, "I made you." It's a peacemaker. He's like, "That looks nothing like me." Yes, exactly. But but Shark was, you know, he. He was lovable. Bane was just like every time. And any time. I want to say it was every time Bane was introduced. He just went, Bane! (laughs) Because he forgets who he is. Ivy's just putting him in these outfits. Like little hats and coats. (laughs) Bane's fashion sense was on fucking point. I don't care what anybody says. Bane was the best dressed <laughs> motherfucker in this movie. <laughs> half half the budget for this movie is Bane's costuming. Bane's wardrobe. So, okay, but correct me if I'm wrong, Bane started out, and I know he was filled with toxic super soldier serum or whatever, um, but uh-huh. he was a person. He wasn't like half lizard yeah. to begin with, right? And then Antonio he gets all. Antonio Diego, I think. Was Antonio his Diego was like name. a child murderer or whatever. Um, yeah. And then. What's uh, worse than murder? Gets... A child. <laughs> he gets put in. He's like a little scrawny baby Steve Rogers. He's like an evil yeah. Steve Rogers. He gets put in the super soldier yep. serum and. Yep. Uh, pumped with venom. Pumped full of venom. A combination of There's... serum, steroids, and toxins, which I don't. Yes, I don't understand why brain. toxins. <laughs> we have to do this. We have to. We have to do this. Meanwhile, in the in the in the scene prior, Uma Thurman is devouring the scenery with her yes. first cold read of like a high school yep. play. Mm-hmm. written by a 17 year old she's just it's melodrama the way she's behaving she's like 
I wish that my research wasn't being constantly stolen by so-and-so. Like just, yep. she's like slinking around her plants. She's got a and then she, recorder in front of mm-hmm, her face because mm-hmm. they have to have a reason for her to narrate everything that she's doing, I yes. guess. Yes. And, you know, they no reason great for the lake. gesturing, but, you know. <laughs> no reason for this fucking performance she's putting on. But she yep. is chewing the scenery and just mm-hmm. loving every set. Clearly, nobody had more, th- more fun on that set than Uma Thurman. Yes. I don't think anybody. I think she was the only one who was like, oh, I can just be completely unhinged. <laughs> and nobody's yes. going to pull me back. <laughs> nope. I did pull nobody, fiction, bitch. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so that was so yeah. So then, like, but I was like looking at Bane as the as the movie went on. I was like, is he becoming more reptilian? Like, is he turning more lizardy? Like, his skin was getting all green and stuff. I was green, like, he's still a yeah. dude, right? The he more getting scaly. I- if I actually want to think about it, it's probably that the more he hangs out with Ivy, the greener mm-hmm. he gets. Mm-hmm. Because when she kisses people and they have the poison, terrible yeah. makeup, it's all green. So he's being filled with chlorophyll, more like borophyll. <laughs> more like borophyll. Um, oh, God. Poor. Okay, my thought when they, you know, introduced Bane... Mm-hmm. This is going to be just a, we're just going to talk about Bane this whole time. Uh, <laughs> first thought was, imagine being Tom Hardy and being like, you're going to play Bane. And he's like, great. Here's you your know, source I'm material. Gonna, I'm going to do a little research. Sure. I'm sure he read the comics and he looked at what, but the com- but this version of Bane is closer aligned to the comics. So imagine being like, oh, Bane appears in Batman and Robin. I'll watch and see what what they did before, because I certainly don't want to repeat a performance. Certainly <laughs> it's not. Just this. Bane! This actually is my second fake Oscar. You are launching me. You're reading my mind here. Uh, my second oh, fake Oscar is oh, the okay. least Tom Hardy Bane going to, <laughs> I don't know, the actor Antonio Diego. Antonio Diego. The least Tom Hardy you can be. Yeah. While playing the same character. Oh, man. Oh, God. Um, um, speaking of um, Bane and <coughs> steroids and toxins, have you yeah. seen... Um, have you seen the making of Rogers the Musical in Disney California Adventure? No. The rehearsals that they have going on? No. Like, how are they going to do the Barbie Beefcake Machine? Because... Yeah. Are we going to put a whole different actor in here? Right. Are we going to make the machine look smaller as Steve mm-hmm. is supposed to be getting bigger? No, we're going to do a quick costume change where we have an extra large shirt that you go in with. And we're going to give you an extra small shirt to come out with. And everybody has to pretend that you've grown like the rich <laughs> three sizes. Really can start with a different actor, though. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really okay. You could start with a skinny guy to do the first part of the show, and then finish with the beefcake. That's hire twins. Get a couple of twins. Hire... Make one hire... malnourish one, and, and pump steroids into the other. 
Oh God, I wish they weren't doing this. I wish Rogers the Musical wasn't happening so much. We've become but... the clown. <laughs> We've become the clown at which we used to laugh. I, I know. I'm really disappointed. That this is this is where my Captain America journey has come full circle. Oh God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, while we're, I mean, while we're, you want to just do Oscars? We could just do Oscars because I've got two. Go ahead with yours. Um, we'll see if do you have any more fits in at some point. I do, but okay. I don't want to say it yet. All right. Well, I have. Okay, so best use of future governors. Mm. Uh, this film because it not only did it employ Arnold Schwarzenegger, the mm-hmm. future governor, but also did you catch the other one? No. Jesse Ventura was one of the prison guards. Okay, that's right. Jesse the body. He was still Jesse the body at this point. Uh, It wasn't until he entered his political career that he became Jesse the mind when he was the governor of, (laughs) I want to say Missouri, but don't quote me on that. I'm not going to look it up because I don't care that much. I just know that he was a governor and he was... (laughs) He was in uh, several scenes with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Cher was like, look at these future politicians just fighting it out. (laughs) Do you think they talked about politics on the set? Like, you know, I I have these aspirations, don't know where to put them. I have these aspirations to lead my state to greatness. And (laughs) so Jesse, yeah, at first I thought it was Steve Austin, and I was like, holy fucking Mm. shit, could this be more 90s? That would be a great pun, Stone Cold. Stone Cold would have been, but nope, he was not around yet, I don't believe, in 97. Or if he was, he was... Early. He was very much... Yeah, he was very much still wrestling, quote-unquote. Um, Ice Cube, so not he, Stone Cold. He probably didn't have time for... Uh, <laughs> for the cinema. For a life in the theater. <laughs> like Jesse Ventura. Dedicating his life. <laughs> to the craft. To the craft of cinema um also did you i caught two other great cameos uh that i was like why the fuck are these people in this movie did you was one l mcpherson no 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 i i i knew she was in it because i when i imdb it she came up top i was like okay she's she has really high billing yeah she's in it for five minutes but yeah (laughs) she's in it for five minutes Canonical, um, canonical reference to George Clooney not wanting to get married ever because he's too hot. No, it was uh, Coolio. Oh, Coolio at the motorcycle race. Okay, wasn't yes. wasn't ready to see those braids again, but there they were. <laughs> and also, for two seconds, Vivica A. Fox. Yes, basically a walk-on role, like just yep. has to hang off of Arnold's arm for a minute and like mm-hmm. tell him how cool he is literally. Cause you know, yeah. Yeah. He's the ice man. She wants to heat and things like, up. Yeah. Yeah. She wants to heat things up. And he's like, I literally am sub zero. And I was like, who the fuck is, is that Vivica a Fox? Yes, it was. <laughs> Dressed Crushed like a it for the five man. minutes that she was on. For set. the five minutes she was on. It. She's fun. She's always fun to watch. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was that was that was good. But Coolio, I was not I was not prepared for. No, not prepared at all. Um, <laughs> and then my and second Oscar, ironically, that he's not in any of the ice scenes. I was like kind of underutilized. 
yeah. in general. I mean, I always yeah. feel that Coolio is underutilized by the world. Um, but if you're going to be making 27 ice puns and you're going to hire, you're going to put Coolio on the call sheet, you should probably do something with that. Yeah. All I'm saying. <laughs> All I'm saying is when I make a movie, Coolio, you're getting top billing. <laughs> so, as you deserve. Um, <clears throat> is Coolio still alive? God, I don't even know. I might be making jokes about it. I have no idea. You know um, what? Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> we were just shit talking uh, Rip Torn, so. We, uh, we were. <laughs> let me see. Coolio might be dead. Yeah, I think Coolio is dead. Is Coolio yep. dead? 2022. Well, then. Yeah. Recently. Okay, at least it, shit's been going on. Okay. Deep face. Wasn't like... We can. <laughs> we'll Fine. play Gangsta's yes. Paradise. We'll do that the, ghoulish thing that people do now. <clears throat> Where they mm-hmm. puppet the corpses of dead actors uh, to avoid hiring yep. new people and paying them, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do that. What are we, the Flash? That's how I want to be. <laughs> That's what I've heard they're doing. I have not seen the movie. I will not see the movie. They're selling uh-huh. tickets. Buy one, get one free. Which is <laughs> a oh, desperate boy. choice. I was uh, going to say, I feel like we're not going to see it on purpose, but we may see it for this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, eventually. Not gonna pay. Eventually. Not gonna pay to sit in not a theater for that. Not gonna yeah, pay theater heard, money for that. I heard that's what they're doing with both Adam West and Christopher Reeve. I think in in the Flash. So. Oh no. Yeah. Oh not, god. I, I think not even archive footage. I think they are taking Ugh. yeah deep faking. Ghoulish puppetry. That's all I can say. Ghoulish mm-hmm. puppetry. You should all be ashamed. You are not necromancers. You do not know what the fuck you're doing. You are grotesque. <sighs> Except when I do it, it'll be art. Because uh, it'll be Coolio. <laughs> so, <laughs> my last Oscar of the night goes to uh, Best Original Song, <laughs> Gotham City, by, uh, speaking of child rapist murderer cult leader, R. Kelly. You didn't know if we were going to say Jared Leto or R. Kelly in that one, did you? You didn't know. You didn't know. Could have gone either way. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, child rapist cult leader. Who could that be? Probably Jared Leto, right? No, actually, big shock. It is R. Kelly. If I had a nickel for child rapist cult leader, (laughs) I'd have two nickels. (laughs) Who appeared in a Batman movie. (laughs) Which isn't a lot, but who appeared in a Batman movie. It's weird that it happens twice. Weird that it happened twice. <laughs> I was I was thrilled because I was listening to the song in the closing credits and I was like, oh, this is the time. Because anytime you listen, you watch an action movie or mm-hmm. campy comic book movie from the 90s, you do have to stop and listen at the end because you know they wrote an original yes. song for it. And I oh, miss yeah. that. I miss the Wild Wild Wests. And it's the, the Men in Black. Now. That's... It's just, you know, it's so unfair because that was such that was such a fun, stupid thing that we did in in movies for so long. (laughs) And I was like, who is this person singing about Gotham City? And I had to look it up and I was like, oh, my God, of course, it's R. Kelly. (laughs) Rick Kelly. Rick Kelly. Rick Kelly and Smashing Pumpkins, I think, did the first Mm -hmm. uh, first credit song. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was yep. like, I know that. I know. I know that voice. 
They're doing it. They're doing it. It's 97, you know. They had a hit for a while, so it makes sense. They were like, all right, we got to cash a check every now and then. And this movie had plenty of checks to go around. We won't get into that yet, though, because we have some other stuff to talk about. (laughs) Yes. Um, We have ignored. I love that we've spent 23 minutes, exactly. Yes. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Discussing everything except for the leading men. <laughs> Namesake of the movie, Batman and Robin, who are barely in this movie. They are barely in this movie. They are footnotes in their own movie. Quick question, because I did not see Batman Forever. Was Chris uh-huh. O'Donnell Robin he was introduced before? In mm-hmm. in, okay. Was he yeah, as awful? They give him the tragic backstory. Um, I don't think he was as awful. I don't know if I want you to quote me on that because I don't think he was very good. But well, they, yeah, but <clears throat> he gets the tragedy. He gets to do the sad, you know, flying Grayson routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh no, my family is dead, and it's all right, because yeah. of the Riddler and Two Face, mm-hmm. and that's sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, sad. But yeah, um, when you say thirty-five-year-old teenager, you are not not wrong one bit. I was like, could they have at least... He's supposed to be a teenager, right? He's supposed to be, like, the plucky little sidekick. Like 18 or 19. Yeah. Yeah, like a young kid. And Chris O'Donnell at least looked at least 29. At least 29. I don't know how old he actually was, but he looked like he was 29 years old. And he'd see him be like, I want a car. Chicks dig the cars. And... What chicks? Just... (laughs) What... Robin. Robin, did you notice that the reason Bruce Wayne gets all the pussy in the world is because he goes out in his real cars as Bruce Wayne? He doesn't yeah. go around as He's fucking Batman picking chicks up. He's an actual yeah. billionaire. That's why he gets all the chicks. Uh, not because he's dressed in a rubber suit, <laughs> an anatomically With bat correct nipples. rubber suit. Yep. Bat bulge bat nipples. His, that he can't turn his head in. <laughs> That was my favorite part, was watching him lead with his shoulders every time he had to turn his head. Shoulder turns. Yep. Um, Just, oh, poor George Clooney. (laughs) You know, people give his Batman shit constantly, and for good reason, Mm -hmm. but this isn't really a movie about Batman, so I don't... It's not. I don't fault him too much for how bad... How bad he was. And also, I have some trivia about George Clooney and his feelings on this movie, but I do know I've because I've seen he did like an Architectural Digest welcome or something like one time to his one of his fucking amazing estates. Welcome to my crib. And it and (laughs) yes, the grown up version of MTV Cribs. Um, And he, uh, it's literally what it is. I don't know why I pretended it wasn't. It's exactly what it is. Uh, but they went into like his office or something and he has a Batman and Robin poster framed on his wall. And he was like, no, I don't want anybody to look at this and think I'm proud of what I did. (laughs) I'm not. He's like, I keep this here so big. So top of mind to keep myself humble (laughs) and to remember that we can all make mistakes. Okay. (laughs) He's like, and Honestly, he's like, you look at this. Just remember, I did this movie. 
you guys, can, we can come back from anything, okay? <laughs> like we, can, we can turn anything around, all right? That's I'm why George I keep this here. George fucking Clooney, yeah. George fucking Clooney now, and I started with this shit. <laughs> but, yeah, I love to keep myself humble. <laughs> Good, yes. Um, In case anybody just- forgets backtracking a little bit because mm. uh, we talked briefly and I don't really want to add Batman and Batman forever to the list because like that mm-hmm. had redeeming qualities and no Uma Thurman, yeah. which is what we watched this one for. Um, <laughs> but that does have one of the best worst lines when Chris O'Donnell is playing Robin and he goes, holy rusted metal Batman. <laughs> and Val Kimmer is just like, huh? And he goes, there are holes in the metal. It's rusting through. <laughs> That's actually kind of cute. <laughs> it's great. Great homage. Wonderful. It's a great homage. All of the snaps. Um, <laughs> snaps for Chris O'Donnell. Um, all right. I have. Okay. Let's talk about Alicia Silverstone. While we're, yes. while we're discussing. Yes. Because I, I, I have. I feel so bad for her in this movie. I feel very bad for her in this movie because uh, something like 90% of her... Now, this is also... It's a, it's a mixed bag. Because I read yeah. something that like 90% of her scenes got cut because she gained yeah. weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the press destroyed her yeah. and made fun of her mercilessly for this and was just absolutely awful. Um, but also, they cut 90% of her scenes, which would have made the movie longer. That's true. So I'm. I wish it hadn't happened the way that it did. (laughs) But I I wish we could have found other things to cut. (laughs) I wish we could have found other things to cut, and they could have just given her a bigger costume because she gained a few pounds and didn't fit Mm -hmm. into the rubber bat suit. Yeah. (laughs) Which thankfully they didn't put nipples on that one on the Batgirl suit. Thankfully, Alfred, you know, her uncle (laughs) had some restraint. Had some restraint and decided not to make Batgirl areolas. Um, <laughs> she could not Alfred, help himself. Who might have been in love with his own sister. That and also, were her parents seventy years old when she was born? <laughs> She's supposed to be in college. She's supposed to be like mm-hmm. twenty-one years old, and uh, Alfred is her uncle not her great uncle mm-hmm. her uncle alfred is canonically yep. 80 yeah so and then like the picture of her mom on his desk who also it looks is like from the golden age of film is from yeah. the golden age of film so clearly she was a a, a silent film star <laughs> <laughs> and had her heyday in i want to say the 30s uh, maybe she transitioned to talkies in the 40s, but um, I was like, what is happening with the ages here? Yeah. <laughs> What's this about? They never explain it. They never address it because she's only in the movie for no. about five minutes. <sighs> maybe she's adopted. Maybe they were such rich, silent film stars that <laughs> they adopt this child when they're both... <laughs> Yeah, once they retired, once they they retired, uh, once they couldn't, they decided they didn't like the the transition to talkies. They decided mm-hmm. to live off their their million, their pre 
their pre-depression made millions and uh, later in life when they were in their 70s adopt a child you know Peg was the only one who got out of the family business of butlering because Alfred's a brother she did Alfred Alfred is not a brother Alfred's a butler (laughs) he's not a brother and his brother is a butler oh Alfred's a lot of things he is not a brother Um. (laughs) if I'm not already cancelled yet I'm cancelled now if you're if I'm not canceled for forgetting Debbie Reynolds name last week, um, I think we're both OK. I also just want to apologize for that because I thought about it later um, when I referred to Debbie Reynolds as grandma from Halloween Town. because I couldn't remember <laughs> her name. You know, it's like Sorry. when people it's like <laughs> when people forget um, or they just don't speak the language in the first place when you're like there was this guy and he saw a goose and he was upset the goose was upset and he goes I do not like the angry chicken I do not like the attack chicken the long chicken <laughs> oh exactly yes as if film was not my was not my first language <laughs> yes as if we are not film a movie a... podcast <laughs> we are not a movie podcast and I forgot the name of Debbie fucking Reynolds. And Save referred to her as, as the grandma from Halloween Town. That, that's your touchstone. That's my go-to. What? That's my reference point? Fucking Halloween Aggie Town? Aggie Cromwell okay. is a national treasure, though. So, treasure of Halloween Town. So, we're canceled because of this moment. But yeah, Peg did not buttle, unlike Alfred and no. Wilfred. And she got a name that didn't end in Fred. She could have been, Winifred. been Winifred. She yeah. could have been Winifred. Missed opportunities. Akiva. Fuck, it was right there. What are you doing? So, yeah, also, I feel like Wilfred was kind of a red herring. Like, well, yeah. what, what, that was, what was Wilfred if, going to do? I think that would have been the... Um, if there had been an Alfred spinoff at this point, if there had been mm. a Pennyworth in the nineties, mm-hmm. or if there had been a Batman five, Batman five ever. <laughs> um, that could have been the plot. Man. Could have been tracking <laughs> down Wilfred. Cause he was, I mean, where he was like in, where the fuck was Wilfred? Wasn't he in like I the think, Congo or something? Like yeah, he was the Congo or I think he was with a Maharaja somewhere. Oh, right, 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 right. Because there were elephants. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there was that line, stupid line about elephants. I bet there's no fax machines on elephants. On an elephant, yeah. Okay, Alicia Silverstone, I want to love you. We're making this difficult. It's not her fault. It's not her fault, but also... It's Akiva's fault entirely. did it. I mean, yes, okay, the, the, the cutting of her footage was terrible because they did it because of weightist shit. Yeah. But also, uh... Her performance, though, was so mm-hmm. sleepy. I was like, Alicia, what are you like? Were you doing something else in between takes on Batman? Like, were you doing a different movie that required all of your attention and talent? And I don't know. <laughs> what else? She dedicated Ability herself to so stay much awake. to learning software engineering for this movie, computer sciences, to be yes, so the she- hacker that Gotham. Not the Gotham deserved, but the hacker that Gotham no. needed. The Gotham that they need, the hacker that they needed right now. Um, yep. 
so yes, okay. So she was, uh, she she did get to have her shining moment as the hacker hacker slash motorcycle thief, mm-hmm. um, dangling that, off like, broken bridges. Yeah, that was not Listen, a Bruce, retracted bridge. That was a broken bridge. That was a broken bridge. <laughs> Bruce, I know you're doing your best, but like you could fix the infrastructure around Gotham, yes. okay? Like, yes, it's good to save the plants and whatever. Oh, I speaking of the save the plants ball or whatever the hell mm-hmm. they they say was it yeah. save the rainforest? Something. So, something like that. Yeah. I love I love that Poison Ivy went and and did her shit as uh Pamela Isley. Mm-hmm. But then Bruce was like, I'm sympathetic to your plight. Here's a pop-up book of an invitation that I just happen to have with me. This gigantic yes. prop piece. He learned invitation. from the last movie when the Riddler did that, <laughs> when he was a different man. <laughs> yes, he's channeling past life memories of Val Kilmer that the pop-up book invitation is always the way to go. Um, he was like, you know what, the Riddler, bad, bad time, bad methods, but his scrapbooking abilities just... <laughs> scrapbooking was choice so yeah there was just there was so many little things yes. but like i i would have loved to have seen more i loved that also thought that they put her in a share horowitz outfit as she was coming yes. in like i mean i know it was yeah. a uniform but the the thigh the the knee highs we're all thinking the short skirt yeah, we're all thinking it we're all thinking <clears throat> we're all, we all know it's share horowitz okay yes but um, it sucks because this movie kind of killed her career for yeah. like a long time. Yeah. For a long time. Um, I know. And I, also when I watched this again, I Wikipedia it and I was like, oh, that's a that's a gap. Yeah. That's a big gap. Yeah. Um, and I mean, less sad because it also killed Chris O'Donnell's career and whatever. Um, but. I'm less sad about that because he didn't get shit on for gaining weight during. Yeah. He during didn't the get taping, shit on is... for how he looked during this movie, which maybe he could have been. Maybe he should have. <laughs> he could have. Um, yeah. I did love when, uh, when, you know, Barbara shows up in her her little Batgirl outfit, and mm-hmm. uh, Bruce <laughs> Batman's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> Bruce is doing it for Bruce. the theatricality. He's like, you gotta have superhero <laughs> entrance. Superhero entrance. He's like, who are you? And I'm thinking, and she's like, it's me, Barbara. I'm like, do you, I know. You can't, as see if... her, you can't see her eyelids? Is that, her is that eyelids, why? Is the that flowing really... blonde hair. <laughs> you, can, you can't see her eye sockets, so therefore you must have no idea who she is. She has it's the me, least Bruce. mask of all of you. It's yeah. me, Ruth. Barbara. I'm Batgirl. That bullshit. The only like, other person with access to the Batcave. <laughs> also, I do like to think that if, <laughs> if Barbara had just done what Alfred asked and found Wilfred for her mm-hmm. for him, that he just made the one suit, so Wilfred would have had to have worn the Batgirl suit. <laughs> it's like, Wilfred listen, I'm old and I'm dying. Suit. You know what? It's true. Wilfred would have probably also had to have his scenes cut. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But all right. My I have. okay. I could have. Mia, I texted you this. I could have just copy and pasted the entire script for Best Worst Lines. This was 
one of the worst written movies with yes, the worst dialogue I agree. I've ever experienced in my life. It was the first, I want to say 10 minutes, was just one-liners. Yeah. Was just snappy one-liners that you could put, you could program into a toy <laughs> and have them say with a push of a button. Yeah. This but, is pre-Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Yes. One-liners. And granted, you know, the worst part of, like, Age of Ultron is the first part, is the first battle where it's just all one-liners and CG battles. Mm-hmm. But that had nothing. That is that is Oscar-worthy dialogue compared to yes. this steaming dumpster of garbage. Um, so it was hard to pick some. <laughs> yes. It's hard to pick some out. But I did, okay, I have... Actually, all of them are all of them are poison ivy related. Ooh, um, okay. So we'll start at the the second. I'll go least favorite to to most favorite. Okay. Uh, well, we can go back and forth. So one of the my my least favorite, but had to go on there is Chris O'Donnell's. Is your thumb the only part of you that's green? Because I thought it was so fucking gross. Are we are we doing the? Are you a real redhead? Is that what we're doing? Your hair, I, that's what it, it felt does like. Does it match your eyebrows? Yeah. 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 But it felt like. Um, <clears throat> she's like, you'll have to come over here and find out. <laughs> what is this voice you're doing, Uma? I've got your fucking chair, bitch. <laughs> Stupid fucking heavy thing. Why don't you come find it? <laughs> uh back to our newsies episode um, what are, you go next what's one of yours um when ivy asks uh, what size he is I mean, you're like a 50 big and tall aren't you and he goes i always go a size down makes me look slimmer <laughs> because it was so necessary <laughs> so relevant and delivered like an ice line but not at all an ice line one of his only non-ice related ice lines and also like so relevant to a man wearing a diamond powered super suit (laughs) yes how do you make that smaller how do you how do you go a size down because that i don't think that i don't think that suit has the give I don't think that suit can be forgiving enough that you go a size down. <laughs> Dr. Mr. Freeze. So my, Dr. Mr. Freeze. So uh, my next one is a Poison Ivy line uh, herself. Mm-hmm. When it's when she's breaking, when they're, they're breaking out of Arkham, I want to say. She's breaking yeah. him out of Arkham. And he's like, you have to get the diamonds. I'll do this. And she's like, I'll help you grab your rocks. Mm. It could have been sexy, but not. Yeah. Yeah. But not at all. It was just, it was just stupid (laughs) gross. And the way she said it, like, and then like, there was like almost too long of a pause. And he's like, okay, I'm going away now. (laughs) He had to take a second to process that. He's like, I don't, I don't want any part of this. So, all right, next one for you. 
Okay. I actually have um, back and forth here, and I would like you to perform this with me. So I'm entering it into the chat. Uh, do okay. you want to do you want to do Arnold or do you want to do Uma? <laughs> um, I'll do I'll do Arnold if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. Actually, you know what? No, you have the better Arnold voice. You do. You've you've proven this so far. All so right. why don't you do that? You gotta get the cadence right for Uma. You gotta. <laughs> All right. Let me let me let me, let me read it over first. I don't want it to be a cold read. Um. <laughs> I love this for us. <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay. I will blanket the city in endless winter. First Gotham, and then the world just what I had in mind. Everything dead on Earth except us. A chance for Mother Nature to start again. Behold, the dawn of a new age. My mutant plants have the strength of the deadliest animals. Once you have frozen mankind, these babies will overrun the globe, and we shall rule them, for we will be the only two people left in the world. Yes, Adam and Evil. <laughs> so bad. You did great. It was perfect. That was, I assume, exactly the amount of time that Uma took to memorize those lines and then to, to deliver to them. Perform those lines. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I also have a back and forth. It's not quite as dramatic, but it's my favorite. It is my favorite line. Is uh, it the my favorite and buds? line. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> So who do you want to be? You want to be Batman or Robin? Um, I I don't have it with me. Do you have it that you can copy? I'm it down? typing it right now. Yeah, I'm. I, okay, don't worry, perfect. I'm typing it right now. <laughs> oh God, I that's a real Sophie's choice there. Can I, I fill the shoes of George Clooney or Chris O'Donnell here? Um, yeah, I I'll I'll be Robin. Batman's response is my favorite part. <laughs> okay. Right. Whenever you're ready. Great stems, though. Yeah. Buds, too. Yep. Those are nice. <laughs> this is how we talk about women. Oh. This is how we talk about women. Because, this you know, God... This is a real power movie. Yep. <laughs> this is such a... Real feminist masterpiece. Tone was there to deliver her, you know. You give women a bad chicks like you give women a bad name. Read a book, sister. <laughs> that passive aggressive stuff went out long time ago. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but literally four seconds ago, they were having this conversation. <laughs> yep. Yep. Those are nice. <laughs> yep. So I think for that line, I have to award my last fake Oscar of the evening. Mm. Which okay. is that this is the most homo movie ever to know homo. <laughs> it, was, it was so gay. Oh, God. I'm glad that, you know, There's I'm glad so that Batman no took homo. a second to be like, to literally know homo Robin when he's like, I can't believe we're fighting over a bad guy. He's like, hey, not bad guy. <laughs> bad? Yes. Guy? No. Because you have no. to remember that, Robin. <laughs> 
have to remember, we absolutely are not fighting over a guy in our rubber yep. suits yep. with our nipples out. Our rubber nipples. <laughs> rubber nipples. Um, all right. Well, speaking of, speaking of, would you like to do some trivia? I, I would you like to hear some trivia. <laughs> I, there's no turning back from this. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, um, <clears throat> I have two pieces of real trivia, and then I have a little observation that I made. Ah. So the first bit was that Arnold Schwarzenegger was paid twenty five million dollars to do this movie, which at the time was the biggest Hollywood paycheck ever. He made more money than anybody else in the history of Hollywood up until this point to be Mr. Freeze. That is obscene. And he got top billing uh, because of it. It's obscene. So the Terminator had some serious bargaining power in the mid-90s. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that was that was the biggest deal. Uh, everybody made a huge deal about that. It was like, holy shit, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. They have the Terminator uh-huh. in it, and then it was masterpiece. <laughs> Though his makeup, I think, was pretty amazing. His makeup was pretty great. Yeah, the costume. I wonder I mean, how long that took. Was insane. Yeah. It was insane, but it was like, like people. I mean, I'm betting the costume people had a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like maybe those people had some fun. <laughs> The costumers and your lines to me. This is not the place to be rehearsing your lines. Is, you read that shit. I don't to give me. a shit. I don't give a shit what you do once I put you in these fun clothes. I'm just yep. putting you in them. All right. Yep. Don't you fucking open your mouth. In my presence. <laughs> you um, shut your mouth when you talk to me. <laughs> shut your mouth when I'm costuming you. Um, <clears throat> also, the other bit of trivia that I well, okay, two things about George Clooney in this movie, other than the fact that he still has a poster of it in his Shame. office to keep himself humble. <laughs> Um, but also, uh, he's like he's ha- he has said in many occasions. He's like, yes, that movie was terrible. I always feel bad because there were people who genuinely love Batman, who I know I disappointed. Um, but mm-hmm. I am also incredibly grateful to that movie because, for whatever reason, that's how I got my foot in the door in Hollywood. He was just a TV ER guy. He was yeah. just he m- was you know ER. Doctor McDreamy on ER. Yep. And uh, so McDreamy, <laughs> like, if I- Mark One. If it hadn't been for Batman and Robin, I would probably have stayed on just in TV. Um, so I thought that was sweet that he credits yeah. his his Hollywood breakthrough breakout with uh, with this guy. But also <laughs> allegedly, I've heard this from several sources, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I I take it to be true. You have people Alleg- in Hollywood, so allegedly, if you tell George Clooney that you've seen this movie, he will give you your money back. Wow. He will give you whatever the going rate for the movie ticket is that day. He will give it to you in cash and apologize. It makes me want to meet George Clooney for this express purpose. <laughs> right? I think George Clooney, we should target him to be one of our patrons. <laughs> yeah. Just say like, hey, listen, 10 bucks a month, you know. Let's be kind of rewind this shit. <laughs> Clooney, you've, let's got, do you've it. got the 10 grand. <laughs> You've got the ten grand. You can you can fly us out to be kind to rewind this shit. Um, all right, and then also I just want to say because I did a little bit of research on our director, uh, Joel Schumacher, because I was like, who the fuck is this man and what has he done? He's done a oh, shit ton he's of like done some stuff, legit action movies and some other stuff. Uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to tell you that 
when you think about Joel Schumacher and why he went so hard into the rubber nipple ass crotch shots, bat suit nipples of mm-hmm. this film, it makes a lot more sense when you find out that this man puts his own personal hit list at between 10,000 and 20,000 dudes. I need you to think about that. He would be murdering. Fucked. Oh, ten thousand. Yes, yes, yes. Twenty thousand dudes. Yes, this is the other body count. Yeah, I I read that, and I don't know how I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Ten to twenty thousand. I was like, oh, starting with gratuitous ads and cross shots makes so much more sense now. Yeah. He was just making it for his own aesthetic. That's fine. That's fine. It makes perfect sense to me. So that's yep. That's what I got. That's why this movie is the most homo movie to ever know homo. <laughs> yes. That's why these was... people don't know how to talk to women. <laughs> yes. It makes so much more sense when you find <laughs> out that the, there was it was led by a man who has fucked 20,000 dudes. Yeah. 20,000, Mia. Yeah. 20,000. That's a stadium. That's more that's people than go to A's games these days. That's a stadium. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's what I found and out. That man lived a life. Man, sure. He sure did. R.I.P. Oh, my God. All right. Um. (laughs) That's also... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Choking on my aspirations over here. I think he also did St. Elmo's Fire, which is on my list. Yes. Yes, he did. Bad. Bad. He did St. Elmo's Fire. Yep. Um, I tried... A bunch of other... When I watched that, I was like, I will try to put myself in the mindset of... What is it? 1985... It's like, mm-hmm. this is how we treat yep. people. Like, even then. Mm-hmm. Like, there are excuses I can yep. make, but now I've seen other movies from 1985, and this is... <sighs> Not okay. Um, I want to say he also did Cellular, which is also on our list. Is it? Okay. It is. Probably. Mr. Evans. Yeah, of course it is. Let's look. Nope, just kidding. David Ellis did okay. Cellular. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, but it is on our list. You did phone um, booth. So that's probably phone booth. what's... That's what I'm yeah. thinking of. Phones. <laughs> Phones. Phones action. Shit blows up. Phones out and um, Phones in the wild. You know. Um, <laughs> all right. Do we want to do money or reviews? <laughs> I have a feeling uh, reviews might take a little bit longer. All right, let's do money real quick, and then we can end with reviews. Okay, so you said that Arnold made 25 mil on this alone. So that's mm-hmm. one actor mm-hmm. that you have to pay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it at 200 million, because if I remember correctly, uh, great Gay Man was at 180 mil. Yeah. It's like Joel Schumacher? No. <laughs> <laughs> the 
the movie, the gay man, sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> um, so this has been adjusted for inflation, but uh-huh. but Arnold's Arnold's paycheck was not. That was the money he was given in right. 1996. Um, but so the production costs, budget, sorry, production budget was $160 uh-huh. million. You're pretty okay. close. But they also then had a marketing budget of a hundred and twenty-five million. Jesus Christ! Because of the toys and the Taco yeah. Bell tie-in and the video games and everything yeah. else, they worked. They spent so much money trying to get people to come and see this movie. <laughs> and when they did, this is the film that they were presented. Um, now worldwide, it did make two hundred and thirty-eight point two million. Um, mm-hmm. So they made their money back from production, at least from production. Yeah, but yeah. It, not nearly what they were expecting. It was yeah. the worst performing Batman of all time. It was the only Batman movie that's not been considered a top ten blockbuster of mm-hmm. the summer it came out. Um, it's basically just the the ugly, ugly. <laughs> half sibling of the Batman family. Everybody wants to just put it in the disappointments room. Yeah. And forget it ever happened. Reasonably so. But here we are. Here we are keeping it alive. So. <laughs> to this day. To this day. So I want right. you to guess both for Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score and the audience score, because I will tell you they are within 5% of each other. Okay. Um. All right. I know it's bad. I know it's bad. I mm-hmm. I don't even know if I can go double digits. Uh, I want to wow. say the critic score. No, I'll go double digits, but not high. Uh, I want to say the critic score is 11. 12%. Ah! Price is right. <laughs> Emily J. Closest without going over. All right. And then that would make the... Uh, audience score I would say they would probably audience would be a little bit nicer so we'll put that at 15 16% 16% okay yep 16% I was gonna say I I bet the audience was slightly kinder but not by much barely yeah (laughs) barely so I'm bringing in my first review is from somebody we've heard from before okay um maybe on repentance or something. I don't know how they came about this for this particular source. Uh, Trace Thurman from Horror Queers podcast. This is not a horror movie. Maybe it's horrific how bad it is. Um, But Trace (laughs) Thurman says, it's not good, but it's not the total disaster its legacy would suggest. Thank God for Uma Thurman. She is the only one having fun. So she was the only one who was fun to watch. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Mike Massey from Gone with the Twins says, and again, I could have read every single review on this page. It took <laughs> a mountain of self-restraint to to bring it down. Mike Massey says, perhaps the most disheartening of all is the fact that every character in the film defies gravity, physics, and any form of logic in their clunky or obnoxiously vivid designs. Yes. I did love the wire, the obvious wire usage. <laughs> when any of them had to fly or move at any yep. in any way, 
And I just think to myself while watching this, this is 1997, which means The Matrix mm -hmm. came out the next year. <laughs> this was not a failure of technology. They had the ability to make things look as good as they look in The Matrix, and they chose to make them look like this. They spent all their budget <laughs> elsewhere, and everybody else just had to be a high school production of Peter Pan. That's what it comes down to. <clears throat> so our last review, which is my favorite... Um, okay. Jason Bailey from Flavor Wire says Schumacher is like a bad stepdad who thinks we'll love him if he just feeds us candy all day in parentheses yes Burton is the daddy in this metaphor the manic depressive <laughs> annoyingly emo daddy end parentheses <laughs> it's very true it's very true oh god yeah well and and also apparently with the with the like anybody who's any of the actors who are willing to admit that they were in this movie and speak about it they said that like before every take he would get on the megaphone and go just remember everybody we're in a cartoon yeah and like Why? nobody knew what to do with that nobody knew what to do with that yeah. they were like so are we supposed to not make it real or <laughs> do i get into Did character we... <clears throat> do i get do into i get into characters or... Power Rangers version of my character? Do I get into is my Megazord? Somebody, yeah, is somebody going to be animating this later? Like, what does that mean? And he just, like, never expanded on that. He was just like, remember, <laughs> we're in a cartoon, and roll them. And everybody was like, we didn't have any idea how to how to react to that. Except Uma Thurman. See, was if like, he was I'm saying this... do whatever the fuck I want. If he was making that same announcement in Batman Forever, Jim Carrey was like, got it. I know exactly yeah. what you need from me, and I am... I you got it anytime, any day. Um, I think, I think, and I, I'm gonna, I'm going research. to tap, 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 tap. research. Uh, I want to say that. Oh, Joel Schumacher is also. He also directed. The, uh, <laughs> he also directed the Phantom of the Opera, in 2004. And which That's not I was that not surprising. No, you don't think so. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but also unsurprising, and just a personal thing you brought up, Jim Carrey, uh, is that he also did the number twenty three, which I know everybody in the world hates except me. I've never seen that one. I if love you to put it on the you've list. Never you seen can. it. Ooh. Um, it's. Uh, I can't do the Rotten Tomatoes for that one because. <laughs> Because you just cheated. There's, you know, there's a very different. There's a big difference between the critics and the audience on this because Google says seventy six percent of people like this movie. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics said seven percent. So. Uh, everybody, all the critics hated it. It got a terrible, yeah. terrible write up. Um, but I yeah. loved it because I actually like Jim Carrey as a dramatic actor. And again, I am one of five people. Um, <laughs> Because The Majestic is one of my favorite films of all times. And again, I'm one of six people who've seen it. And I love it. <laughs> and it's I refuse to put it on this list because I think it's wonderful. And I <laughs> I did not watch it because I'm a Jim Carrey fangirl. I watched it because it's a delightful film. <laughs> um, so it's not going. We're not talking about it on the Fangirl Film Club. Um, okay. But anyway, yeah. Joel Schumacher and he did work with so maybe he you know in number 23 he was like listen I've given this advice before and nobody knew what to do with it so I'm gonna try it again remember this is a noir I know cartoon. you know Jim 
And Jim Carrey was like, got my back. Got it. (laughs) I got your back, Joel. I got you. I got you, boy. Oh, God. What a what a time. This movie is certainly a time. time. That time is two hours and five minutes. Two hours, two exceptionally long hours and five excruciatingly long minutes. But also I had I had a lot of fun watching this because it was so insane. It is insane. Because it was so insane. One word we could use to describe it, yes. Um, all right. Well let's let's pick a movie for next week. Next time. It is your turn. It is my turn. I'm gonna avoid I'm gonna try not to just pick something really boring. Um but I was watching this and I kept thinking about Tom Hardy as Bane. Uh-huh. So we are gonna watch a Tom Hardy movie. Uh-huh. And that Tom Hardy movie is going to be Bronson. Okay. This is a this is a biopic uh that he that he did and I believe it is the same director who did Drive. Okay. Which everybody liked but me. <laughs> Drive so always, is one of those movies. I always fuck up Drive, Traffic and Speed. Traffic is a good movie. <laughs> traffic is a good movie. Speed is uh-huh. Speed is speed. Speed is Keanu. <laughs> speed is Keanu. Um, and drive and is drive, racist Matt Dillon. And Ryan Gosling. And asleep. Yes. Yes. Uh, Ryan Gosling. We're not. T- we're not doing drive on this podcast either because there's nothing redeeming about it. But that is one of those movies that I felt like I was going crazy because I watched mm. it because everybody made a huge deal about it. I was like, oh, it's so good. It's so gritty. It's a bit, 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 bit. And I was like, all right, cool. And I watched it and I was like, huh. I feel like the emperor's new clothes right now. Like, does no one, <laughs> Ryan Gosling is asleep. He is sleeping with his eyes open and they're just like propping him up in these scenes. And like, he's just mumbling every line. And then at some point he kicks somebody's face in, in front of uh, Carrie Mulligan and mm. that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's pretty much all that happens. He's just sleepwalking through the entire movie and everybody acts like he's giving this like really great nuanced performance. And I was like, I think he just stopped at the lot on his way home from doing a more strenuous film. Mm. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can I can double himself during one of the action scenes and is just flying like a kite <laughs> on pain meds. He's like, I can, I can double book myself. It's fine. And you just get there. And he'd fall asleep in his makeup chair and they'd be like, all right, he's out. He's out. Prop him up. Everybody do the scenes around him. Okay. And go. That's all the drive is to me. Same director. I want to say, uh, don't okay. quote me on that. Did Bronson, um, with Tom Hardy. Biopic, it is like I said, said, it's a biopic. Yes. Charles okay. Bronson, uh, is, okay. I want to say the most arrested man in English history, Britain history. Cool. Um, so that's who he plays. And it's Tom Hardy, so you know it's going to be fucking crazy. Yeah. Because he's <laughs> not a well man. <laughs> you know, he's a <sighs> white man with both lips, so. He is. Ugh. Tom Hardy. I did see a recent picture of him in a, in a puppy t-shirt, though, and I was like, oh, that's Tom Softy. Not Tom Hardy at all. 
the big softy who wins who wins jujitsu contests. Yeah. Um, also, I do love the idea, the fact that he's been going around and just like entering and winning these jujitsu competitions, like at a local level. Like, can he we just get him to, some... to fight one of the billionaires and then just like ac- oh, accidentally kill them? Whoopsie! Whoopsies! Um, Aww, but like man. he's just like going to like YMCA's or whatever they have in the UK yeah. and like entering these jujitsu competitions and just and winning. Yeah. And just imagine being the person he's fighting and being like, I don't want to fight you. Fuck, I think I'm, I think I'm getting my ass kicked by Bane right now. Like, just <laughs> stay down. It won't hurt very long. <laughs> just tap out. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the Bane voice. I don't know what would have been better. I don't know if this movie, if Batman and Robin would have been better if it had been the Tom Hardy Bane voice. <laughs> this is not the medal you need, but it's the medal you deserve. Uh, I would love to see love this movie with Tom Hardy. We can deep fake him in for this one. That's fine. Okay. Deep fake him and Coolio in. Step. <laughs> Bomb! <laughs> Bomb! <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Well, I think we have shit on this enough for one episode. And be thankful we're not taking two hours and five minutes to go over this one because <laughs> we could. There's so much to say. There's so much to say. But thank you There's for a- suggesting this. Um, so you said you watched this though our last question of the day of course you said you watched this for Uma Thurman not George Clooney do you no do we forgive Uma Thurman for this about George Clooney um <laughs> oh that's that's a tough question because she I you know I forgive her her performance but not anybody else's okay that's fair that's fair yeah, yeah that's fair Not a single other person. Oh, man. Yeah. Not a single. Nobody else gets a pass. Not a single other person. (laughs) Oh, man. Alicia Silverstone gets a pass. Okay. Yeah, we'll forgive her, too. She had a hard. She she had had a rough go of it. Michael Goff. Had a hard time. I I could. I'd be. I can reconcile with Michael Goff. He doesn't really need to do is look ill. Yeah. He doesn't really need our forgiveness he's not asking for it but we no. give it to him yeah <laughs> give him a pat on the head um all right well film clubbers thank you for joining us this week uh <laughs> hope you enjoyed batman and robin as much as we did <laughs> <laughs> and more than everybody else did when they watched it the first time yes. so um all right we'll see you next time for uh a discussion on bronson and until then I hate when people talk during the movie. (laughs) Bye. Bye.